Hey there, you're listening to Making Spaces, the podcast about community, culture, and making new connections, hosted by my good Judy, my friend and yours, Sarah Heath. On this podcast, we're having conversations about design, literally making spaces, and how some of the most inclusive spaces aren't always the most inviting. And we're talking about what it means to make space for one another. With the world the way it is right now, we need to find ways to have conversations across lines of radical difference. So join Sarah each week as she tackles the intersection of design and practical spirituality with conversations with some of the most fabulous guests you're ever going to meet. Some will talk about actual design, some of us will talk about relational design, but no matter what, it's an incredible time. So grab yourself a cup of whatever you like, and welcome to Making Spaces with Sarah Heath. When you have conflict within the parameters of like love and grace and mercy and community, then it's all good. It's hopefully, needed, yeah. Hopefully, anyway. You know, um, sometimes you can go the other way. Um, I've seen many families break up because of you know conflict. I've seen best friends separate because of, you know I've, I've, conflict can do some damage. Don't get me wrong. But man, if there's a way to kind of surround that conflict with those things, it just creates a good catalyst for change. And that for me feels like the neighborhood to me. It feels like local neighborhood. Friends, today on the podcast, I'm delighted to share with you my friend Drew Brown. Drew is an artist, advocate, pastor, poet, songwriter, storyteller. As a musician, he's played everywhere from large festival stages, churches, concert halls, pubs, and even holds house concerts across the country of Canada and also here in the U.S. Drew lives just outside of Toronto, Canada and engages and encourages people to think about anti-racism and how to live out justice as an open table-minded presence in their own local neighborhood context. Whether it's spending time with people, workshopping ideas around social justice and community connectedness, or producing songs and albums for bands and artists, He's driven to reach people through the creative arts, making space for community, wonder, and gratitude through music and story. Our conversation circled around the act of nature of peacemaking, and I'm really inspired by the work that Drew has done. I hope that you will find the conversation helpful and enlightening, and make sure you stick around for the weekly takeaway and an inspiring quote. How you doing? (laughs) I'm okay. I mean... okay. <laughs> that's uh yeah there it is <laughs> that's yeah, how we're doing there it is yeah it's uh it's it's been a season it's been covid man it's been uh it's 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 it, i'm learning a lot about myself and the world yes fair that's not and that's not, that's not a bad thing you know that's nope right it just is it just, it, it just is <laughs> well, um, I am so excited to chat with you. Um, I'm going to start the show the way that I always do, which is asking someone, where is your favorite space? So this is a show about the spaces that we make theologically, physically, emotionally, um, all of the above for other people and ourselves. But I like to start with where is somewhere that you love? Um, and it can be a physical space or emotional space or I mean, people have taken it all kinds of places. But where is a space that you love? Wow. I think I have two answers for that. I'm. We will I'm, accept both answers. Oh, thank you. Thank you yeah. very much. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm a huge fan of road trips. Um, mm. And I spend a lot of time in my car driving 
just because. Um, and so roaming the neighborhoods uh, and other people's neighborhoods. Yeah. <laughs> is, that doesn't sound creepy. Yeah, at all. At all, yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's one of my favorite things to do. So I would just hop in my car and just drive like downtown, for instance, and just put on some great tunes and just to see what's happening and get a, like a feel of the pulse yeah. of what's happening in these spaces. And just, it's for some reason, it just, it, it, it sparks all my creative juices and it makes me care more about these places and spaces that I hang out at. And, um, you know, you go to your favorite pub. Well, okay, I want to know the stories of the owners and the stories of the neighborhoods and the stories of the, it, it just makes me feel more connected to um, my city. I love. Oh, I, I love that. So that's your first answer. That's yes. a really good one. Yes. Um, a family friend owns a cottage on an island up north, northern Canada. And like it takes, uh, I don't know, six or seven hours to drive there. That's or, even farther than where I'm from. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's, uh, oh, well, you, yeah, Manitoulin Island is the place where it is. Whoa. Um, and so it's, it's like you got to hop on a boat. And it's, it's crazy. Um, but when you're there and you realize that you are sort of cut off from, you know, the majority of the world and you sit by the water, it's everything, every stress, every bit of tension, every worry, everything just drops almost instantly. Um, oh, I love that. It's just, yeah, it's, I just feel alive and connected and grounded and all the things that you kind of want in a space. You know, I, um, some of my listeners know, uh, cause we've had some Canadians on before that I am from Canada originally and then grew up in the South, but the like town that I'm from in Canada is tiny. Um, and <laughs> I grew up on this beautiful lake and, um, about two years ago I went home to Canada to sort of visit, uh, where I had grown up cause I was working for an organization in Canada that I would speak at events and I was speaking at an event, and so I took some time to go up to what's called cottage country, which are summer homes, for those of you who don't know <laughs> what a cottage is. Um, and I went to where I'm from, and my friend took me on his boat, and we drove by where I grew up. And poor guy was not prepared for me to burst into tears and start saying, I have a home. Oh my I'm gosh. from somewhere. <laughs> because oh, wow. I think when you're like me and you've grown up in so many places, it's hard to label where home is. And so for me, I can completely relate to just, it's beautiful up there. It's quiet. It's, I don't know. It's a very magical place until yes. black fly season, but it That's is a right. very magical place. <laughs> That's right. Am exactly. I right? That's right. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. It's, I also moved around a lot, uh, growing up, like every three years, my mom would, uh, would, uh, would move. She was, um, working in the hospital, world hospital field and so people would um bring her in to kind of hire and fire and clean house and to sort of make the hospital a little more ship shape with staffing um and so every three years or every three and a half years would be on to a new place and so like that sense of home was something i've always missed i never felt like i really had and so yeah i totally get it when you sort of arrive somewhere and you're like yeah this is this is home right now oh i just wish you could have seen my friend he's He's originally from Toronto, but himself lives in New York. And so he's holding me 
Um, and he's quite tall. So he's holding me as like six foot four, six, five guy going, yeah, Sarah, you grew up here. You're, you're from here. Like he's so confused by the existential moment I'm having. <laughs> Just like, oh, uh, yes, yes, you are, you know, cause his family has had a summer home there for so long. And then he, you know, we became friends when we were about 16 or 17. So mm. we've known each other a really, really long time, but he's, I don't think he's quite ever understood until he himself moved that like feeling of like, where do I belong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. I totally get that. Which is actually a good segue into part of what I want to talk to you about. Um, just as someone who is a creative, you are a musician. Um, you also do a, a fair amount of speaking, particularly right now, into um, this time when we're finally, finally um, having some really important conversations around Black Lives Matter and race and what does this mean and who are we. I'm, I'm seeing you make space for people to have tough conversations, <laughs> like really tough conversations. Yeah. And I, as someone who used to be, and I, in some ways you still are, um, a Christian, a well-known Christian singer, hmm. what, what kind of, as you're making this space for others, how do you feel like, so it's online mostly. I'd love to talk about making space for others online to be able to have these big conversations. Um, so sort of what started that, how is it going? You can kind of jump in there. I've got lots of questions to ask you. So, but kind of, if you want to give a little bit of background on how you got to where you are in this anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for the last couple of years, I've been, uh, connecting with people and community leaders and pastors and talking about how we can be better at sort of, um, building, better bridges, <laughs> um, especially when it comes to like, um, indifference and, you know, cultural barriers and racial barriers and how can we be better at that? And I've noticed that, um, community leaders, um, non-church community leaders, they're like, we're in, let's do mm. this. Let's find ways in which we can better, um, meet the needs of our community, no matter where they're at or who they are. Beautiful. Churches though, <laughs> not so much so um it's always been really really tough and you know we're not we're not racist we are a multicultural community we are we love people the way that jesus loved people i'm like do you <laughs> but do you <laughs> and so uh for those who don't know Drew, he is actually a black man. Um, I don't know why I said it is actually. <laughs> As if like somehow you've been using other people's photos That's on right. your... That's right. Um, good choice of guy. That guy's good looking. Um, but there is this uh, false narrative, I think, particularly as someone who currently resides in the U.S., um, that Canada is much better about race relations. Right. Um, but I remember... A conversation you and I had about the fact that like there are not that many black worship leaders that are in multi-ethnic settings that's right so the church might consider itself multi-ethnic but perhaps the stage or as you know for my we wouldn't call it a stage but um you know <laughs> that doesn't look like those who are out there per se so even if their community is multi-ethnic those who are leading are not that's right um and so the experience I'm hearing you say is that when you have pointed this out 
the first reaction is, I, we're not racist. Every time. <laughs> Every time. And so, and so my, my first response was kind of like, oh, well, sure. So what are you doing to kind of fight racism within your community? Or what are you doing to even hold space, to even connect to the people of color in your community to let them voice their concerns? Mm. Um, if they have any, maybe they don't. Maybe they don't have any concerns. But, but what kind of space are you creating for them? Um, so that's an important point that I this last couple of weeks has been really a shift in me um, as someone who grew up with parents that were very concerned with us understanding. Um, the importance of being not racist, Mm -hmm. that this is actually a moment of anti-racism. So not racist is kind of ignoring. (laughs) Perhaps you are not actively racist, which is actually racist. (laughs) So I know it's this like weird shift in language. Um, And my parents, I I have to say, they are wonderful and they actually are anti-racist as a, as even from, I often say like, you know, what people believe by where they put their money and my parents really have been justice advocates in that way. But I think I'm just learning because it's, you know, welcome to the game, Sarah, but uh, (laughs) that anti-racism is really what we need to start talking about, which is that creating space for exactly what you're talking about, right? Yes, that's exactly it. Um, Because like, being not racist is it's, it's a posture of like silence and inaction mm. where being uh, anti-racist, which is really peacemaking, you know, that's tr- peacemaking in its finest form. It's about action and elevating voices, you know? And so, um, blessed are you, those who are <laughs> you know, peacemakers <laughs> doing the anti-racism work. Um, yeah. So uh, that for me was like a, like a, like a, like a, I don't know. It sort of sparked something in me, like maybe, is there something that I can do to help churches or to provide resources? And, and so I would sort of beat down, beat down the doors. I wasn't, I was not an angry dude, but I was like definitely trying to like, Hey, let's do this. Let's talk about this. Let's engage. Let's grab coffee. Let me talk. Yeah. So these are people you were already connected with as someone who has, again, a, a bit of a platform um, right. and relationships for, from the years of work you've done. You weren't, you were a known entity as you're having these, like, it's a relationship, like yes. calling in and on a relationship, right? Completely. I, I wouldn't feel comfortable doing it otherwise. Um, because it's such a, because, you know, it's a sensitive topic and because I'm, uh, I don't want to be like a, you're doing this wrong kind of a thing. I want to engage in conversation with, with people who are my peers, who I've had a relationship with for a few years. So they know me and know my heart. They know I'm not trying to come at them being all angry. But, but I'm trying to say, how can we effectively create some change within our spiritual communities for, for the better, betterment of them? Um, how can we hold space to have these conversations, to grow and to learn and to see, okay, where are our blind spots here and when it comes to the anti-racism movement that we should be a part of? And you're finding people's reaction first is, uh, who will call it, uh, not avoidance, maybe a little bit of... Um they're in a, a disillusionment that, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not part of the problem. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And so <laughs> even now moving to the online space, which for me, um, 
I was always the guy saying, what's the point of having these conversations online? People just don't learn. Um, but then when COVID happened, I was like, well, online is all I have. Mm. That's, this is it. And so I definitely began leaning heavily um, onto the online platforms like Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Um, those are my three favorites. Those are the Holy Trinity, you know. <laughs> and uh, and so that's where I began sort of like. I do want you to label which is which. I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Whoa. I got to think about that. That's actually a good conversation right there. Twitter would probably be Jesus throwing <laughs> I think over so. I think so. More change happens on Twitter than and more growth happens on Twitter that I've seen anywhere else. I'm the worst tweeter, Twitterer. <laughs> I don't know the term, yeah. but yeah, I yeah, yeah. I get That's in there and my little heart goes, oh, I cannot. Because, <laughs> you know, some of my dearest friends, you guys are really well known on the Twitter. And so people feel like they can say things to you guys that, I don't know, I'm not necessarily, I, I find this really odd, protective human but then I'm also just sad. And right. I think there's a piece that you talk about, about relational equity, where mm -hmm. I can't take this person down because we don't have a, a relationship. Yeah. Um, and there is this, uh, you know, peace making um, and, and peace in this way. I think, again, peace can be used in a way that doesn't realize that like peace is in the absence of disagreement. That's right. Um, but peace is the ability to sit in that tension and make space for it and not ignore it um, and be willing to be wrong in it, right? Um, and I think online, I hope, I hope, are you, I feel like people are being a little more honest mm -hmm. than maybe they would be face to face. <laughs> Which I don't think is always necessarily great because you can be this anonymous human. <laughs> That's right. But um, what if some of your experiences, both positive and negative in those spheres of making space or like, because you put out a question, you'll put out a question like whatever it might be. And then you get responses. What has been? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I've had people come out of the woodwork who were like neo-Nazis who are, you know, fans of mine. Um, I've had um, people who I've loved and shared. So love your music, but right. don't love your message. Right. <laughs> or the body that the music comes out of. That's right. Uh, it's like, this is interesting. Um, I've had people who I've loved dearly for years and years and years um, all of a sudden now sh show all their racism. They're playing, they're all showing all the cards. Um, I've had people who I've considered like family, who I'm like, this is happening again. They're, the truth is now coming out, which for me is good. <laughs> it's like, right. there you are. I knew you're always in there, but there, there it is now for the world to see. Mm. Um, I think that kind of exposure is wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Um, right? Um, yeah, just be yourself. Be your racist self. This is wonderful. Um, okay. You have to unpack that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe, okay, yeah, maybe. maybe that was, I take that back. I take that back. I take that back. Um, uh, but on the flip side, it's been really great seeing um, actual eyes open. Like people are like, oh my gosh, this isn't me. Oh my goodness. Mm. I've 
believe this, or I've held this as a truth. I've been acting in this way, and I never realized how wrong it was. Mm. And that for me has been so, so good. And I think, and for me, my response is always out of grace. Like, I'm never kind of like, aha, you little. I'm like, that's okay. Let's learn together. We're all learning. We're all trying to figure out the best way to love each other. And that's okay. Let's just go on this journey together. And we can, I don't know, figure it out as we go. Um, here are some resources to help you figure it out. You know, here's some books, here's some movies, here's some some great poetry. Here's like we can do this together. As long as mm. we're both patient with each other and graceful, but also willing to do the work, I think we'll be okay. So when you say it's good, it's that it's honest. Yeah. yeah. Um I think honesty is wonderful for better or for worse. Um and as long as people and this is this is what I'm about to say rarely happens, but as long as people are willing to own their honesty and say, yeah, that's wrong, mm-hmm. <laughs> then we're cool. Um, the problem then comes is when they are honest in their viewpoints and they say, no, like you're wrong. Uh, there is no such thing as systemic racism. There is no such thing as, um, as uh, uh, police brutality. There is no such thing as, that for me is when I'm like, oh man, this is going to be a longer conversation that maybe I shouldn't have. Um, and that's been a an interesting shift in your career, correct? Because that wasn't, I mean, you started as a, a musician and um, it it isn't that surprising to me though, uh, because oftentimes musicians and poets are the ones who are the truth tellers. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, even like, you know, you and I have both made some pretty significant spiritual shifts, but we still, you know, the Bible is an, is something that I am still absolutely fascinated by. Mm -hmm. And part of that is that, you know, a lot of the, the stuff that we just read, we just read it off the page as if it's, um, was meant to be a book, but it was actually poetry or music. Yes. Um, and it wasn't necessarily historical, it could be, um, someone telling their own story in the way that they see it or whatever it might be. And I think it's not surprising to me. Someone who is a musician is the one who begins to ask the difficult questions because songs really do ask difficult questions. You know, like the song American woman, I was trying to explain to someone that it's a Canadian song and they were like, what? I'm like, oh yeah, it's talking to America about the Vietnam war as a Canadian um, dealing with the fact that so many uh, American young men were coming and seeking solace in Canada because they didn't want to be um, drafted. That's right. And it's a protest song. Um, and I think, you know, as soon as my first crush in the world, by the way, was Lenny Kravitz. So when he <laughs> did that version of that song, um, I, you know, I loved it so much. But I, I realized how many people were hearing it without understanding the context of it as a protest song. Yeah. Um, and so I think so often people digest this stuff without realizing they're digesting some pretty profound things. We're going to take a brief break from this conversation to listen to some messages from our sponsors that make this podcast possible. 
We here at the Making Spaces podcast believe that politics are important, that they matter, and that you should care about it too. Even though this is a presidential election, there are many more candidates on the ballot besides the president. Yes, those other names mean something, and they do jobs that mean something. So go to Ballot Ready for a nonpartisan guide to your entire ballot. From there, you can compare candidates based on stances on issues, biography, or endorsements, and then save your choices to use when you vote by mail or in the voting booth. You can even request your absentee ballot or make a plan to vote early or on election day. This election matters, so make sure you have a plan to vote and to vote informed. I mean, we know that this year has been crazy. The U.S. Postal Service is under attack. We all feel a certain type of way about it. So make your vote matter. Make it count. Make sure it gets there on time by going to BallotReady.org and entering your address to make a plan to vote and to vote informed. Be informed. Once someone is able to sort of have these conversations with you, how do you make space for both your mental wellness, because this is tiring work, um, and then also for for them in that in that moment you said you offer them poetry books and that kind of thing how i mean it's been incredible to see people's responses but kind of how are you making space for yourself but also for them yeah i've been really horrible i've been brilliantly horrible (laughs) at (laughs) honesty we talked about it earlier here it is there it is yeah just really horrible at that um i'm getting better um 2012, 2012, 2020. It's been like a, just a really crazy year. Like COVID, like beyond COVID, it's been a really you know, crazy year for me. And so I've been learning a lot about how much I suck at things. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's been interesting to kind of be like, okay, so now let me confront this in me. Mm. Let me let me change this, or how can I change that? And so, um, this I'm a workaholic, and I've I don't ch- know anyone like that. Oh my god! <laughs> and I'm like therapy. Come on, work for me. You're not like it's like it's been so so tough to kill this in me. Mm. Um, and so I am still learning how to create times of rest. Now I'm better at it. So now, um, like going out for super long hikes, don't, uh, connecting with people, you know, social distancing, obviously, but like connecting with people and just playing music together and um, just having some great conversations over, you know, with some bourbon, some steak, and just sort of enjoy life in that sense. Like trying to get out of my head and leave this work behind. Um, that's been helpful and good. But then when I come back, the first thing I want to do is open up my laptop and get back to work. Mm. Um, so I'm learning. I, uh, I'm learning how to create that space. Because I, I preach this stuff to other people. Like This is like, guys, slow down. Take a breath. Pause. Let me, let me make a meditation for you so you can... <laughs> let me work really hard on creating something so that you can take a break. <laughs> this, this, is, this, is the, this is how nuts I am. Like I, That's like part of my thing, what I love to do. But I can't do it for myself for some reason. And so I'm learning how to, I guess, stand up for myself and, and, and take that space and take that break because 
I, I, I can't go too much longer like this. And I fully, I'm fully aware of that. So I'm learning. I'm, I'm learning. Well, I would say give yourself a break. I don't think any of us have ever done like the layers upon layers of what to 2020 <laughs> has been. That's right. You know, I don't think we've ever done a pandemic before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I like us, obviously the world kind of has, um, but we've never done uh, a pandemic on top of, you know, a very confusing political atmosphere worldwide. I think that's one thing that um, the U.S. may not understand, not everyone, but there is, I mean, there are shifts all over happening that are, you know, as someone who comes from a family that is from three different countries, mm. like, you know, you see Brexit was a weird shift for my British relatives. Right. Um, in Canada, there has been some real moments of like, yes, we are in some ways you know, a little bit of a safer place. And to be honest, the way that COVID has been handled has been much better on the, um, you, you know, on the Canadian front. Uh, but there is still this, the sense of unease as you watch even your Southern neighbors. Um, and then there's also add to that, you know, honestly, we're starting to have the honesty of how many black lives have been lost in brutal, really brutal ways to people who are supposed to be serving and protecting. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it's people's responses to that too. So I think it's hard to rest in the midst of it, but it's absolutely crucial. I had one of those sleepless nights last night where it's just like, I got to figure out how to figure out how we're ever going to open the church again, or if we like when we are, you know, all that kind of stuff. I also have to have these tough conversations and, um, content create and go, 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 go. And the truth is we're not content creators, we're people. And so it's good to hear that you're learning that lesson of slowing down a little bit and practicing a bit of what you've been preaching for a long time. (laughs) It'll be hard for you to find someone's voice as soft and calming as yours to do that for you, right? Like (laughs) you need, I don't know who, who has the voice that can calm um, more than you, but as you're doing this and as you're making that space for the tough conversations, when you engage people that, you know, uh, respond to your questions, how do you do so in a way that is bridge building? Because I think that's the big piece. People aren't sure who to engage or how to engage. Hmm. And I would love to hear, I've heard various ideas on this. I would love to hear what your thoughts are on this particular piece of like, how do you respond uh, that's a good question. My my first like every word I in this case type. Huh, um, I'm always trying to say things as gracefully and as loving as possible, mm-hmm. with with no judgment. Um, I got on a Facebook fight with um, some uh, family members um, from my exes. And she, uh, her family was very, very, um, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Um, angry with all the Black Lives Matter protests that were happening and frustrated. And, um, and a lot of my friends were like, dude, go for blood. <laughs> you know, like aim for the jugular. This is your time. Take it. And I was like, I don't think that's the right 
approach now. There is a time yeah. for for you know for full on war, sure. <laughs> why why not? Um, wait, wait, not I'm, if you're trying that, to build a bridge, though. That's that, kind of throwing a thing. grenade at it. This is the thing. <laughs> this is the thing. There's there's a time to burn bridges for sure. Like there's a time to burn them. But right now, for me in in my headspace and where I'm at, I I want to re- I want to repair and build. Um, at the very least, rebuild. Um, it, that's my main goal in all of this stuff, um, because. The destruction of relationships is the last thing I want. That's just totally against my nature as a person, but also my nature in terms of what I'm trying to do. I want to build a better community, not ruin it. Hmm. And so my goal is to, um, okay, with grace and with honesty, um, and not in a, uh, you know, in a um, you know, head bowed down, kind of cowered over, like, well, I think. Uh, no, I need to be, you know, I want to be strong, but, but with grace. And so without being mean, without sarcasm, without like me poking fun, just try and say, okay, well, that's a good point. I see where you're coming from there. Here's another perspective. <laughs> mm. um, or, um, um, you know what, that is, like, one, one person I was talking to, his argument was so tight. It was great, really well written. And so I spent my first paragraph actually <laughs> complimenting them on the fact that they need to go into politics because their the way they wrote it was so incredibly done like just it was perfect but <laughs> 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 let me offer you this and we talked for a while and actually took the conversation offline and his response was kind of like i really love debating with you this has been great, and you have you have made me see things in a new way. Not that I agree, and I'm like, well, dude, if that's that's good enough for today, like if if right. I if I got you this far, that you can actually see my points, actually digest them, and actually hopefully process them further. That's a win. So, yeah. I th- sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say, yeah, that's a. That's a huge thing to be able to recognize the like, hey, I'm I got to stop and think, how do I want to respond to this? How can I look at this person and say, here are some good things in you or in what you've just said. Um, But uh, and the interesting thing is that you just said as a woman that I heard women often say, I think before they say a statement that they know to be true. Mm hmm because we've learned how to couch that. And I think oftentimes too, people who have been um, put into the margins, however that may be, do the same thing. Where, where, you know, we learn that like, just maybe suggest the thing. So I love that idea of being (laughs) strong and not afraid of the difference of opinion in that moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I spent a lot of time, I still do, um, pre-COVID and hopefully post-COVID, Spent a lot of time um, at the pubs, hanging out with people, mostly strangers, just having conversations about life. Um, and uh, there's one pub um, here in Toronto, and whenever I walk in, they go, "Oh, the bishop has arrived! Here he is!" Because <laughs> they they know I used to, you know, do church work. They know kind of where I where I stand, um, but they appreciate the fact that I welcome all opinions to the table. Mm. And so we can sit by the bar and chat it up and, and 
yell and scream in a, in a fun way, kind of like, you know, just we're just joking at each other and, and, and get really angry and tense. And then I'm like, I got the next round. Sounds good. Like we can have these hard conversations in a space of like love and grace and humor. Um, and still walk away saying, dude, when am I going to see you next time? When, when can we have another drink together? When can we share some wings? Dude, next time you're in town, uh, next round's on me. The whole night's on me. Like, <laughs> I, like, I love those spaces because there you can have disagreements and, and, and tension, but it's in a space of like, no, but I love you, dude. Let's just keep talking. I want to always create that space wherever I go because I have no problems with conflict. Bring on the conflict. But well, that's very un-Canadian of you. But, it is. And I, I get told that all the time. <laughs> um, um, but I think when you have conflict within the parameters of like love and grace and mercy um, and community, then it's all good. It's hopefully, needed, yeah. Hopefully, anyway. You know, um, sometimes it can go the other way. Um, I've seen many families break up because of, you know, conflict. I've seen best friends separate because of, you know, I've, I've, conflict can do some damage. Don't get me wrong. But man, if there's a way to kind of surround that conflict with those things, it just creates a good catalyst for change. And that for me feels like the neighborhood to me. It feels like local neighborhood where the guy across my fence, I don't agree with the fact that he loves the Montreal Canadiens. I'm, I'm no one does. That. No, right? I'm just kidding. Like, <laughs> We're Maple Leaf fans, by the way, thank, guys. Thank you. That's right. That's right. Like, yep. What is he thinking? No, no, man. When the playoffs are on, I'm going to be right there, ready with my snowballs to attack him every chance I get. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, hey, man, you want to grab beer? Yeah, let's go. Um, and I think, is, I mean, that sounds silly, but how cool would it be if we treated all of our conflict issues like that? Like, I don't agree with this part of you, um, but I can still appreciate you and love you and find What's ways to serve you. hard to do to when your you. personhood is being attacked. This right? is the thing. This is right. the thing. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I'm, and that's the, that's, the, that's the rub of it all, right? Like, how do you do that? How do you continue to, to build bridges when the person actually just wants the bridge tore down? Because like, well, I mean, black lives matter. All lives matter, bro. No. (laughs) Well, it's as if one means the other isn't true when that's kind of not the point. (laughs) point. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, it's this online thing is both brilliant and exhausting. (laughs) Bridge building, peace building. So if we can... In some way, those of us who are community leaders in any way, how do you feel like we can make space both for folks like you who have the capacity to have these conversations um, and for the conversations themselves? Do you, have you been, you know, as you engage some of these former church leaders that you are current church leaders, but folks you used to work with, how are you suggesting for them to make space for this conversation? Is there anything that you would say is sort of a, a tangible way that someone could make space in their own community? Um, are there any thoughts that you have around that? That's good. I've, I've been doing, um, or I've been encouraging people 
to, uh, okay, let me say it like this. What you don't want to do is now go to all your, you know, people, you know, black people in your community or people of color and knock on their doors and say, hey, (laughs) 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 fix this. Um, Ah, yes. Because that's just exhausting to them. Um, But I think it's worthwhile having, like, allowing them into the conversation somehow. Allowing Mm. is not the word I want to use. That's a terrible word. I shouldn't have said that. Um, uh, Finding a way to create some conversations with them. Not to fix things, but, like, what's your experience been of me as a leader? Mm. Um, And have those, have those vulnerable conversations. I think that's a way to go. Um, uh, I think anything that you can do to A, um, say, hey, church community, um, I'm going to begin to do an apology tour (laughs) (laughs) and and just uh, spend the next little while saying I'm sorry for all the things I might have done. If there's something they need to call me out on, Go ahead and mm. create that. Now that that sounds extremely dangerous and potentially painful, and and because uh, um, you're kind of putting a bullseye down on your back. But imagine the growth that'll come out of that as you know, people of color come to you and say, "Listen, I love you, but maybe don't do this anymore." Yeah, create a parameter like maybe not uh, not asking them to. Uh you know, all right, solve the thing, but say, hey, and me, before I engage this in a public way, are there places and spaces where I have some growing left to do? That's it. That's it. Or we uh, as a community we, have that's right. some growing to do. Yeah. And realizing it's that person's experience. I think one of the difficult things in the beginning of all of this um, for those of us who are not um, those who fall in a black uh, community or even people of color uh, was that some voices were saying, stay silent, let other people speak. Other voices were saying, your silence is hurting us. Um, and, and I was getting those emails. Right. Um, we love you so much. We need you to say more of this or less of that. And I, it, it literally, because I care so much about people and this is not a sob story of like poor me, but I think there are, you're, you're experiencing the tension that people feel. And so again, I, I hear you saying it's that relational piece of going to the people that you're walking and doing life with. And maybe even if you can't evaluating why there aren't people in your life that are that way. Right. So mm-hmm. not collecting humans because you want a multicolor friendship list. Um, but asking yourself, like, why is it that I don't have friends that are close enough to where I would take their um, suggestion here uh, yeah. because you're right. You don't want to put a bullseye probably publicly on your back yes. um, until you're ready to. That's right. Um, and maybe that is that apology moment of, Hey, I've had conversations with people close to me. Their response has been this. May I just say, um, cause that's a different posture than right. I've screwed, you know, cause you, white guilt is, um, we got it, man. I get it. Fair, I get yeah, it. Um, you know, and, and it's always awkward, uh, for everyone. And even like admitting that, right. The awkwardness of like, Oh, this is a weird, weird thing to say. However, it can be quite healing for people to hear that you're even just open. I think that's the, yes. that's what I keep hearing from you is like, 
I, I can hang out with people who are just open to the thought of what if. Yes. That's where the magic happens. That's, that feels like, that feels like community to me. Mm. You know, like just, because in though like essentially what we're doing is we're holding space for each other, no matter where we are at. Mm. And I think that is so important to do. Um, and it's healing. Um, and if we do it right, we can all grow. Um, hopefully. Um, there is, um, there's a, a pastor friend of mine, an acquaintance of mine, who reached out to me pretty early and was kind of like, okay, I'm doing this all wrong. Teach me what to do. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I didn't respond. I was like, no, man, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not doing this right now. A few weeks later, he, I opened up the chat again, and he actually texted me a few times. It was kind of like, okay, I get it. I'm going through your list, and I'm buying all the books, and I'll do the research on my own. Got it. I was like, okay. <laughs> and then I simply said, when you're done, you know, these two books, let's have a chat. Mm. And we can debrief together. I would love to. Let's grab some coffee, whatever, and we can debrief. I would totally be down for that. Um, and I think a lot of this comes to, oh, wow, kind of what I'm trying to do with myself in terms of, you know, all these bad habits that I have in terms of my workaholic issues and <laughs> other things. It's like, we got to do some homework. We, we have to do like the homework on this thing ourselves. And right. so um, I'm always trying to encourage people, hey, try, just check this out. <laughs> check out this, this thing here and let's have a chat about that. Um, and that's usually a good for first step, I think. It's like a both end. You're right. You're totally right. Yes. I think there's that experience of like, yes, people can read <laughs> uh, and it's important and in fact helps our conversation. Yes. But then let's have a an informed relationship versus a I'm informing you relationship. Yes. Um, and let's have a authentic starting place. Um, and I think even setting some ground rules in conversation is it sounds so funny, but saying we haven't been taught as people very well to lay out our, our needs in conversation or in friendship or relationship, but to say like, you know, I, for us to have the conversation that you're wanting to have, we should be starting at the same level and you don't have to Mm. agree with these things, but it would be helpful in this. And, um, I really have appreciated even seeing you um, suggest that to folks. Um, reading lists have been helpful. And then, you know, I met with some really, really wonderful people last week, and definitely their churches are all Caucasian. Like, all Cauc- like, I don't even understand how you're all Caucasian, but you are all <laughs> Caucasian. Um, and it's partly because of the neighborhoods they're in, right? And yeah, then for yeah. them to look around and suddenly realize... Cause sometimes we don't realize. And then there was this overwhelming, we've got to create, what do we do? Um, and the truth was you have to prepare the space before mm. people will come. Um, and that work looked for them like starting a book group and having a, um, amazing, uh, black leader say, here are the books again they're just getting the list from them online mm-hmm. that would be helpful for you 
Then you talk about it with each other. And then you talk to me about it. I love it. Right. And so it's kind of preparing the space. And that's kind of what I hear you saying, preparing yourself by saying, how am I, how am I being experienced? Cause we can never know how we're being experienced. And that goes as not just like leaders, but actually a church experience. Like what was it like coming into this space as someone who didn't look like everyone else around? Um, and what was it like and how could it have been different? You know, those sort of things, right? It's the idea of having a secret shopper, you know, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's in right. some ways. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and not putting obviously all the onus on like, you need to represent all black people, which is really what happened. <laughs> uh, you know, I get invited to speak at events and um, I got invited to speak at this uh, interfaith group and, I was the Christian representative and I had to go up to the microphone and say, look, y'all, I represent a very small part of the Christian narrative. And most of the American Christian narrative would be laughing right now that I'm representing the Christian narrative. (laughs) Um, But here's what I can tell you from my experience. And um, so I really appreciate the way you've been able to do that in such a lovely way. I think... I would, I cannot wait to talk to you more throughout this podcast as it continues to grow and develop, but I would love to kind of end with the question. I always try to get the guests to give sort of one, there've been so many takeaways by the way, but one sort of takeaway for someone who is listening, um, that wants to do, uh, this work either in themselves or with a community. Is there, I mean, obviously the starting point of finding books to read, is there something else that you could suggest that's just sort of a tangible thing that someone could do today? Wow. <sighs> to fix all of racism. I'm just kidding. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Didn't I just say I don't want you to have to represent all black people? And then I'm like, what's the answer? And I'm just kidding. <laughs> and by the way, it could just also be self-care. It's just sort of one takeaway for making space for themselves or others. There's, there's no rules here. Mm, I think, um, I'll, I'll say this. I'm actually, I might have two things, but I'll say this. Um, and this goes for no matter who you are, whether you are, um, a person of color or you're not, I think finding a way to, to, this sounds so cheesy. I'm so sorry, but to love yourself through this process. That doesn't sound cheesy. I think that's so important. Um, because yes, white white guilt is real, and and so is like black anger and frustration. Um, I think it's so easy to kind of get caught up in those whirlwinds, and 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 you know, all of a sudden your hands start shaking, and now your 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 teeth are, are clenched, and you know, it's, mm. I think finding a way to really you know self love is really. And, and I'm the worst person. Again, I'm the worst person to be saying this. Um, hey, love yourself through that. Be gracious. <laughs> that's right. Be gracious. But, but I think that's so important. This, I do these tweets, these series of tweets um, called, uh, hey, everybody, it's Papa Drew. And whenever I do that, I'm always saying, hey, take care of yourself. Like, because mm. um, the work is hard and long, but we need you healthy to actually see any progress. Um, 
and I think that's true um, whether you are on the streets protesting or whether you're at home on a couch reading. I think you got to be good to yourself. You need to love yourself. Be gracious to yourself. That's the only way the work can truly be done. Um, and the second thing would be like uh, a big thing I always say is that um, our stories matter. Mm. Um, and so finding stories, um, books, movies, whatever, um, your friends, I don't know. Um, uh, finding stories, um, especially if it's local stories, especially if it's in your own neighborhood, if you have, if you're blessed to have a multicultural neighborhood. Because um, as we hear the stories, um, we are now cr- have the ability to create new ones um, mm. and hopefully better stories and stories of, of greater love and compassion for others. Um, there's something about truly hearing stories. I say that because there's many times people of color, their stories were not heard um, or were ignored or were not taken seriously or, you know, the devil's advocate came out to play. Um, and so I think we need to be open to each other's stories more. And that's in that way we can create new stories and better stories for our community. I love that. Those are two great uh, ways you know, and Just Mercy is a great movie that is free right oh. now for people to watch. That is a powerful story. I watched it so good with three of my friends, and um, it was really helpful uh, to see the importance of this work and to see the cost of this work. Um, and you can't argue a story in the same way. Uh, yeah, that's right. And and my experience, your experience, those are your our experiences. So. Drew, I am so grateful for your friendship. I am so grateful that you hopped on this call with me. Um, I am going to say, Mama Heath says, dude, take a break. Uh, And then come back because we need you for sure. Thank you so much. Thank you again for listening to another episode of Making Spaces. And I'm grateful to Drew for his friendship and the grace that he uh, does his work with. There is so much we can take away from this conversation. But I think the main one thing that I'm pondering is that what does it look like to prepare a space by doing the homework of reading about anti-racism and other issues of diversity so that your heart is in the right posture when you engage in this work? Churches and communities often ask me how they can be more diverse. And I'm left wondering if it's kind of a field of dreams situations. You have to build the space capable of honoring diversity before you can add or experience diversity. This week's quote is from Nelson Mandela. If you want peace with your enemy, you have to work with your enemy. Then he becomes your partner. Friends, have a great week. Making Spaces is edited by Stephen Burnett from The Cult Popcast. The introduction music is It Can Be Done by Ari via Epidemic Sound. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And leave us a review. It helps other listeners find us and let us know that we're on the right track.